Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? It's Heidi Fang here, and this is your Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. Today, I'm going to be joined by Mo Moten. You can hear him on SNB tonight. Uh, that's a show that he is a co-host of. He's an NFL analyst, the columnist of Bleacher Report, and also Sports Not. And he's going to bring us all this great content about who he thinks could be a GM for the Raiders, who he thinks could be a head coach for the Raiders. And I'm also going to hear from Daniel Carlson. But first, I want to remind everybody that we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today and get a bonus of up to $100 when you sign up. And now now I'd like to introduce Mo Moten here to the show. Mo, first of all, welcome to the show. Good to be back on with you. Um, interesting season. There's a lot to talk about, obviously, but we'll we'll dig, we'll definitely dig into that. A lot of head coaching talk, general manager talk, Derek Carr talk, and I'm in the middle of it on social media. So uh, this this uh, stuff that you know you've been getting hit up on is about the GM positions, is about head coaching positions, and you've done write ups on the top five candidates for both over on sports not. So I've been reading those and I was curious about some of your takes and I wanted to start off first with the general manager position. And before we get into some of the candidates that you're looking at, I wanted to ask you about Mike Mayock and how long you think this was kind of in the back pocket of the front office for the Raiders to release him of his, of his duties from that role. Well, according to reports that are out reportedly the Raiders, he already knew that he was out of the door. It's just, everyone else didn't know uh, the, 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 the story is that when he left, you know, people were thinking he was just leaving for the day and he was, he was already gone. So I think people in the building were caught off guard by it. Once the report came out that they were interviewing candidates, I believe Dave Ziegler, of the, of the, he's a Patriots director of player personnel. Once they brought him in for an interview, I said, yeah, Mac is gone. At first I was kind of on the fence. Is he going to stay or go? Cause on one hand, Mayock has these huge whiffs in the early rounds. We, we know about Damon Arnett. Henry Ruggs has unfortunate situation. Cleveland Farrell hasn't lived up to his potential. Jonathan Abram is a borderline starter, box safety. So we know about his misses. But then on, in the, on the back end, on day three, he hit on Max Crosby, hit on Hunter Renfro. Nate Hobbs looked good this year as a rookie. So you're thinking, how could a guy who's so good on the back end with on in the first round like this and my only explanation is that Gruden had a lot of input on those early picks but apparently according you know for Davis it, it didn't really matter that he Mayock had some input on those early picks as well he's in the room he's in the war room so he was kind of a casualty and had to go yeah and to that when you start thinking about who can fill the shoes of Mike Mayock you start thinking about what type of fit is going to work best with this team. Something that we've noticed in the trend is that a lot of the GMs that they're lining up to interview are younger candidates. What do you think that says that the front office here is trying to do when they're looking at who can come into this role? Definitely new blood. And, you know, some people have their opinions on retreads and failed GMs and guys who didn't do so well in the past. And 
you know, I think you just have to look at where they're trending. And with a lot of these, a lot of these new guys coming in, new guys coming up, Dave Ziggler being one of them, uh, Rand Carthon, who I wrote about being another one. You look at what they've done in multiple places. And as a young, as a young upstart player personnel director coming up, can you change the philosophy? And I think the Raiders need to change the philosophy because if you think about it, their last few drafts are supposed to change the trajectory of the franchise. And I just mentioned some of those with picks mm-hmm. and it didn't work out that way. So they have to go in a different direction when I bring in a new mind, a young, brilliant mind who can change the philosophy of that draft, that draft room. Well, I wanted to ask you about one of those that you mentioned in Carthon. What is it about him that you really like? Because you had him pretty high up on the list. I, I think he's had he's been in multiple places. He's been with the Atlanta Falcons under Thomas Dimitrov. Um, that team has some success. They drafted Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Yeah, I know they were for early picks, top six picks, both of them. But if you look at the Raiders, I just talked about it again. They whiff on some early picks. So you bring in a guy like that who's been around an organization who's hit on top picks. That's got to be attractive. Uh, he was with the Rams who drafted Aaron Donald at 13th. Just imagine that. If Aaron Donald in any draft, Aaron mm-hmm. Donald is going probably one. Unless there's yeah. a quarterback in that draft, he's going number one. So he, they were able to pick up on Aaron Donald. They were able to pick up on Todd Gurley, both all pro talents. And San Francisco, able to get George Kittle in the fifth round, Fred Warren in the third round, both all pro players. And he was part of all those departments. So obviously he's been in places where they've been able to spot talent early and late. And I think that's something the Raiders need right now. All right. So as you think about the GM position, obviously you want to think about the cohesion that this person may have with whomever the head coach may turn out to be a lot of people still really, you know, waving the flag for Basaccia to pound on the table. Rather is a better expression <laughs> to get Basaccia in, in the mix. Um, how, you know, to keep him there, how do you evaluate what Basaccia did in leading this team to a seven, six record from the time Gruden resigned to the time he took over? I'll tell you one thing. He did something that Gruden couldn't do in uh, last two years in 2019, 2020. He took that team that, was kind of flailing at the end of the year and turned it around. One four straight, got them to the playoffs. The first interim head coach to get his team to the playoffs since Wally Lamb in 1961 with the Houston Oilers. So you have to respect that. And and at first I would say back in November, I would have said Basanche is not a head coaching candidate. No way he's going to get the job. But considering what he did, as I said, the back half of the, of the year, late in the year, going 4-0, getting the team to the playoffs, I kind of changed my mind a bit and you kind of saw it with him. He learned on the job and I believe he was criticized for kicking the field goal down 35 zero against the chiefs. And that, in that last matchup against the division rival. And yep. then I think after that, he kind of learned, okay, I got to take chances. I got to take risks. I got to stop being so, so conservative and let it all hang out. And it worked for him. He's gone for it on fourth down, converted uh, fake punts in crucial situations. So I think he learned on the job and got better as time went on. So you got to give him respect for that. And again, getting the team back to the playoffs. I think that's something to be said. Interviewing for the job on Wednesday, I think he's he's got a chance. But I think it also matters who else is in the mix for the job because at the end of the day, you're comparing resumes and Rich Passaccia has never been a full-time head coach. Right. So as you look at that, I remember reading through your article of your potential coaching candidates and you had Basaccia at four, I believe. So let's break down your number one. Who do you have there and why? It's got to be Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he's got about a 70% win percentage on the NFL level. Got the 49ers to three consecutive NFC championship games and a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Switch quarterbacks in the middle of that season from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick. 
So you you, you got to give, you got to put them at the top of the list. Got Michigan to their first Big Ten title for, for the first time since 2004. They beat Ohio State for the first time since 2011. And, and they went to the college football play for the first time in their, in their school's history. So again, success in different places on that collegiate and football level. So you got to put him number one. It's hard to argue against them at the top spot. Right. So if you bring in a guy like Harbaugh, I find that pretty interesting because I think he is one of those guys that is um, just so um, polarizing. Yes. Is a Where good is that? Welcome a little bit. That's a good word. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> he would be somebody that would really want to bring in his own folks and have his own type of uh, setup and, and bring in. It would be a rebuild, I would think. It would be him wanting to clean house, bring in who he wants, and that would mean probably the end of uh, somebody's uh, reign like uh, Gus Bradley. So what do you think about that and how much thought might go into bringing in a guy that would want to revamp everything that's already laid out like Harbaugh? Yeah, I'll say say yes and no on that one, and I'll agree with you. He'll probably want to have his pick of the GM and changed, you know, personnel when it comes to, you know, front office, stuff like that. He probably, he's probably going to want more influence over the roster with someone of his stature coming off the season he had with Michigan. So I agree with you there. He's going to probably shake things up, but Raiders are probably going to shake things up there anyway. It's do you trust Jim Harbaugh to, you know, have that much power? Now I wouldn't say you would give him Gruden type power, but a head coach of his stature, he's going to want some pull. Now, I will say when it comes to player personnel, I, I think he would be open to keep Derek Carr because I think one of the reasons he would take that job is because Derek Carr was able to help lead that team to the playoffs. So I don't see why he would want to start over at quarterback unless he's pulling off a trade for an upgrade of Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. If those guys want to move after the season, then yes, I, I think you go. I've always said if you can upgrade the position, you do it. But if you can't, you got a you got a pretty good quarterback in Derek Carr, and, I, and again, I think that's one of the reasons he would want to coach that team because he sees okay, this team just went to the playoffs, didn't get in by the skin of their teeth. They were the number five seed, and went down the wire with the Cincinnati Bengals. So I I, th- I think he would shake up things, but I think as far as the quarterback position and some of the key pieces on that roster, the Max Crosby's, Hunter Renfro, Yannick Ngakwe, I think he keeps those guys as foundational roster pieces. That would be ideal, uh, would be to keep those guys around. But there were so many on one-year contracts. You have to wonder how many of them can come back, even though the cap is bigger than it was last year. But like, how many of these guys can you pay? How many can stay? Who's, you know, Casey Haywards, Quentin Jeffersons, all those other players that came in on one-year deals that really did make an impact on this team. You know, does KJ Wright have another year in them? Th- those are all things I think a lot of people start to think about. And of course, you're going to have to bring in uh, some picks. And of course, uh, here brings me to a name I know you're dying to talk about, Mo. <laughs> Derek Carr. Yeah, I have to restructure his deal. Uh, if the Raiders want to keep him, if they don't, they move on from him. There's no dead cap money against him on this. So what do you think about Derek Carr and uh, what will happen with his future, especially considering what could happen with a new head coach or a new general manager coming in? Yeah, I think his position is as shaky as it's ever been because now you're bringing in a new GM and possibly a, a new head coach. Um, but I've been adamant saying that I think Derek Carr is going to be the starter in 2022. Number one, he's not going to play out the final year of his contract without a modified deal. I mean, as you said, no guaranteed money. 
if he goes out there in week two or three and tears up his knee, he has no protection. So if I'm his agent, I'm saying, look, you don't mm-hmm. you don't take another snap until you modify that contract and get some financial protection. So that's number one. And I think he'll get that as long as he's not asking for a boatload of money, as long as he's not asking asking for, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type money. I, I think he, I think the Raiders will work out something with him and they'll say, look, you know, we can give you a new contract, but we also want to bring in or bring back some players as you just mentioned. We have to bring back some of that defensive line. We have to bring back some players that, you, that are going to help you win, hopefully, playoff games in the future. So, again, I don't think he's going to break the bank. I do think he's going to be the starter unless unless there's a blockbuster trade. I think Derek Carr's future with the Raiders continues due to 2022 season for for at least that that year. Okay, right there, we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to speak with Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson as well as talk a little bit more with Momo. I want to get your take on what you think maybe about the offensive side of the ball and some things that the Raiders might do to shake things up as they look ahead to a new season in 2022. So stay tuned, everybody, right here on the Takeaways Edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. (laughs) Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang here, and I'm joined with Mo Moten. Uh, Mo, we've been breaking down everything happening um, with the Raiders in the offseason here as they begin to look uh, for general managers and head coaches for this team. We've kind of talked about all of that. But as we look at the coordinators, we talked about the defense. Now I want to look at the offensive side of the ball. Greg Olson, I feel like some of the plays were too vanilla came up too short, too late, you know, when they were trying to make these big pushes and these comeback drives uh, downfield. What do you think happens to Greg Olson, regardless of who's hired? Yeah, I don't think he's back. Um, unless Basacha is retained. And I wouldn't even like Basacha if he's brought back, bringing back Greg Olson. It's just my problem with Greg Olson was I don't think he ran the ball enough inside the 20 in the red zone. And I think that was part of the Raiders red zone issues. I believe they went one of five in the red zone against the Bengals. Yeah. And I tweeted this, if they had converted one more of those red zone trips from a field goal to a touchdown, you're looking at a Daniel Carlson kick at the end of the fourth quarter and possibly overtime. So I, it, at first people were praising Greg Olson because he was able to implement play action, the short throws, getting yep. short passes out to uh, Josh Jacobs, but it kind of fizzled out and, and, at the end of the end of the day, you got to score six instead of three more times than not. And they didn't do that. So this is a situation where I, I don't see Greg Olson back as an offensive coordinator, regardless of who's hired as a head coach. There was even a drive there where Josh Jacobs was out and out. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they only passed the ball every single time. They had Jalen Richard line up, but Jalen Richard didn't do anything in that drive except for being the backfield and he didn't run he didn't you know they didn't try even with with Richard in the game and I found that to be really 
interesting and maybe even possibly a mistake. <laughs> um, this to you know put him in the game, but let him do something. You know, have him have him in there to not just stand in the backfield. You know, <laughs> you got to be more um, than a decoy, right? Right, exactly. And and Marcus Mariota wasn't even utilized there in, in most of the game. I think he had one play where he came in. So um, and that had been a key to the success in right. the previous games down the stretch in those last four that they won. That's just my take. But <laughs> um, when, when you start thinking about like we were talking about some of the players, obviously they're going to need to seek out a new wide receiver. Um, there's the name floating around a uh, Devonte Adams. A lot of people feel like the, the Green Bay Packers are likely franchise tag him in a quick. But what do you think uh, about any potential wide receivers that could come to this team and who might be a difference maker? Yeah, I definitely think Devontae Adams is a pipe dream. I know Raider Nation loves it because they, they you know, they know about the connection with him and Carr going back sure. to Fresno State. But yeah, you, you said if they slap the franchise tag on him, I don't think they want him to go anywhere, whether, whether Rodgers goes or not. The guy I'd be looking at as a wide receiver would be Allen Robinson II. Now, he's kind of a forgotten man because the Bears had some changeover at quarterback from Andy Dalton to Justin Fields, and Justin Fields is a rookie. And he kind of faded, and Darnell Mooney kind of took the spotlight in Chicago. But if mm-hmm. the Raiders can get Allen Robinson at an affordable price, he's still young. I think he's the guy you go after because he can be your number one. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the hands. He could be your go-to receiver in that offense pretty quickly. I really like him. And I like that you brought his name up. And he is a big target. Remember when the Raiders played him uh, against you know the Bears in London? And he, I think he had like two touchdowns in that game. And both of them were like back corner touchdowns where he had to leap up to get him. And he was able to fight and come down with the football. And that's a guy that you need when you have a quarterback like Carr that's starting to take chances more downfield and go for those 50-50 balls more downfield. Well, a guy like Allen Robinson, you go 50-50, I think he'll come up with over most most secondary uh, defenders than anybody else. But um, that is a great take. If there's one group that you think really needs a lot of focus in the offseason position-wise, what group are you going to look at and say, this is what the GM or head coach starts to dismantle first and, and look to actually do a little bit of rebuilding on? I, there are two answers here. Um, I'll give one offense, one defense really quick. I'll say on the offensive side, you need to re-revamp the offensive line. Uh, you need a right tackle. Brandon Parker isn't it. He's on an expiring deal. So obviously there's going to be something there. People are going to bring up Denzel Good, but he's coming off a torn ACL and he's on the wrong side of 30. So I wouldn't have too much confidence in him. John Simpson to me is a low-level starter. I think you got to get a left guard in there to uh, upgrade your run, run game. Uh, I think he'd give Alex Leatherwood another chance at right guard. He switched positions in the middle of the season, so he's still young. I know a lot of people are pounding him, but give him another year. On the defensive side, I think you have to rebuild the linebacker spot. Corey Littleton, big disappointment. And I was a big Corey Littleton guy when he, yeah. when he signed him. He's been a huge disappointment. I know he has a dead cap of $4 million, but I believe the Raiders cut, a, cut John Brown last year. He had $3 million dead cap. I'm sure they'll swallow that because he hasn't been it, and I think Devon Diablo is on the come up. Uh, Nick Kwiatkowski faded after Gus Bradley came in when they changed when the Raiders changed from well let go of Paul Gunther and moved to Gus Bradley. Nick Kwiatkowski really didn't have a role, so I think those those are supposed to be your two lead linebackers when when the Raiders signed them a couple years ago, and I think they're both out. So you're gonna have to revamp that position. You mentioned KJ Wright. I think at his age, you just got to move on. Uh, Nick Morrow, I think, would have been a big part of that linebacker club, but couldn't play because of his, I believe, an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. You got to decide if you're going to resign him. If you resign him, that's some continuity there, but definitely have to rebuild that linebacker core. 
Well, here is one thing that Mike Mayock did right uh, before he was let go was that he extended the kicker and the punt. Uh, the, the punter, AJ Cole and Daniel Carlson. And right now I have a brief interview that I was able to get with Daniel Carlson before the playoff game. So we'll go ahead and hear from Daniel Carlson right here. Mo, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining me in the show today and for all of your insight, give him a follow at Mo Moten. That's Mo with an E on Twitter. And Mo, anything that you want to let them know that you've got going on that you want to uh, direct anybody's attention to, please go for it. Silver and Black today, me and Scott go branching and I talk about head coaches and general magic candidates more in depth about what I think is going to happen and who are the best candidates, as we just touched on today. I also have a Raiders draft article coming out on Bleacher Report coming up soon. I'm, I'm going to dig into a wide receiver candidate that they can possibly pair with Allen Robinson to repair that wide receiver group. I love it. Great stuff there, Mo. And again, right now, stay tuned as we hear from Daniel Carlson, Raiders kicker. When you think back to days like when you were with Minnesota and then they had let you go, here you are, find yourself with the Raiders and now you're in the playoffs, just the journey itself. What's that felt like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's been had some ups and downs for sure, um, but I I think that's what makes it so special. Um, You know, it is been a bit of a roller coaster but um you know the the tough times kind of make the good times that much better sometimes um and so I've, I've been very fortunate and blessed uh throughout my career to you know be able to be on a couple different teams a couple different cities and now here in vegas as we're headed into the uh playoffs it, it's a unbelievable experience um and feeling because we we've worked really hard uh, i've worked really hard the last few years to have a shot at a game like this on saturday so um, we're we're all really excited for that. And to top it off, you earned AFC Player of the Week for special teams again. I think this is your fourth time doing it now. That's pretty tremendous because I don't think there's anybody that's ever done that before. Uh, what is that yeah. also just receiving those kind of accolades? Like, what what is that feeling like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a great honor. And I mean, it's a tribute to the coaches, the players around me, you know, that help us all get in those situations where we're able to succeed. And, you know, we've had quite a few game winners this season and stuff and close games where, um, you know, a kick was a difference. And so that, that that's exciting that I was able to help the team um, in that way and stuff. So um, it, it's great, but, you know, we can't dwell on it too long because, you know, we got obviously a big game on Saturday that, you know, that that's what matters right now um, for sure. So um, it, it's a, it's a nice award, but yeah, got to get ready for Saturday. And you and the special teams crew of uh, AJ Cole, Trent Sieg, you guys really have bonded together. I'm out there on the field during the game shooting photos, and I see how you guys are in the tunnels before you come out. And the, I don't know what you say to each other, but whatever it is, you guys come out pumped, you're ready. Um, what's it like to work with guys like them that you can really yeah. rely on in circumstances like overtime where you have to have this big moment? Yeah, absolutely. It, it helps so much being you know comfortable with those guys and I, you know, we've been together the last three years, all of us now. And, um, you know, we've become very good friends off the field as well. And so it's so great to, you know, we respect each other's work and we respect the way in which we work and we do a great job working together, but also, yeah, we're really comfortable off the field and, you know, in big moments like that at the end of the game where, you know, all everything's on the line, you know, I, I trust those guys to do their job and set the ball up perfectly so I can, you know, have the best 
shot to kick it through. So um, that's so nice to have guys that, you know, and, and that goes for the whole team that, that really care about each other um, and work together well. And um, we're very, very fortunate to have that with the Raiders. Have you heard people calling you the Iceman? And what do you think of that nickname? <laughs> yes, yes. I've gotten a couple nicknames throughout the years and stuff. So it, it's not a bad one. Um, definitely, you know, a good one, especially when, you know, the game's on the line or something, you know, kind of have that ice in the veins. So um, it, it's all good and fun. Uh, last one. Uh, when uh, we spoke with AJ Cole, he talked about there being a no thumbs wrestling match between he and Transique. Has this taken place? <laughs> and and why does it have to be without thumbs? <laughs> yes, uh, we, we've definitely had quite a few uh, strange conversations over the years, and that's always one of the good ones. Um, and it, it's because Trent's, you know, Trent's a little bigger and stronger. He's he's from the country of Colorado. Um, and so he he's, you know, the only way we can make that fight we decided fair was if we, you know, removed or taped down Trent's thumbs or something. Um, and it, and I, I don't know how that would go. You know, we've we've joked about making it happen. I don't think we will anytime soon, but uh, maybe one off season we'll we'll finally make it happen. Maybe we can do it for charity or something. Uh, like the UFC wrestling match with the trench thumbs taped down. Exactly. And that'll do it for the takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm Heidi Fang and today I was joined by Mo Moten and Daniel Carlson. Really appreciate everybody for tuning in once again and you can keep up with us and everything that we do on VegasNation.com will be coming out with end of the year reports, grades, evaluations, numbers, everything that you want to know about the Raiders. You can find it there from all of our great team including the three podcasts a week so don't forget to hit subscribe. Wherever you are listening uh, next week, I'll be back with a fresh guest and a new take on something happening with your Raiders. So make sure to tune in. Thank you everybody so much for listening. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn. I look good. What's up everybody. It's me, Steven money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.